Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here on Friday, July the 1st. This week we focus on a new approach to aid smoking cessation. I'm joined on the line by Dr. Carrie Free from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Dr. Free, you're the author of a paper published in this week's issue and it concerns specifically enrolling people into a trial whereby text messaging is used as a tactic to aid people to, to quit smoking. Before we go into some of the details of the paper, can we start off with a general point? What has research told us about the types of approaches that could be efficacious in aiding smoking cessation and what sort of quantitative results have they yielded to date? Basically to date there's two main types of approach. There's providing support, which might be group counselling or face-to-face support or telephone counselling, or in our example, it would be used text messages. And then there's medications. So these are things like nicotine replacement therapy or perhaps varenicline, um, which many people have heard of. In terms of their effect, essentially the support kind of interventions have generally doubled your chances of quitting with face-to-face counselling and telephone counselling being slightly less, lower than that. And again, with medications, generally medications double your chances of quitting with the effects of varenicline being at the top end of that. And in terms of text messaging, this is a very 21st century approach. What previous research led you to believe that text messaging might be the right approach to go with in this trial? At the start of our trial, we already knew that text messaging doubled people's chances of quitting in the short term. There was a trial that had been conducted in, by the University of Auckland in New Zealand, and we'd conducted a small trial here in the UK. But what was important to find out was what the long-term effects were. We found this an exciting idea because pretty much everybody's got a mobile phone. People carry their phones with them wherever they go, so people can receive support at any time of day or night. Do go on and tell us about the objectives and and the design of of the current trial, particularly interested in the way that you did physiological confirmation among the smokers, but tell us about the design of the trial first. We designed this trial so we could know what the long-term effects of text messages were. This was particularly important because sometimes people can quit just for a short term and we needed to know whether people were able to quit permanently. It's also very important that we didn't just rely on what people said about their smoking. We also tested that using a biochemical test called cotinine, which you collect on people's saliva. We sent sample bottles in the post and people used a dental swab in order to provide us with a sample and sent that back to us in the post. Thank you for clarifying that. And just go back and tell us how people were recruited to this trial and what made them eligible. Could Would it be someone smoking one cigarette a day, 60 cigarettes a day? What, 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 what were the criteria? To be eligible for the trial, you had to be smoking daily and you had to be willing to make an attempt at quitting at some point in the next month. We recruited people through services, existing smoking cessation services, GPs. Um, We also recruited a lot of people through radio adverts and newspaper adverts. And do tell us about the type of text messaging used. Presumably these were encouraging messages that were trying to prevent people from having those short-term cravings for a cigarette. Yes, the messages were designed to be encouraging and supportive. People described the messages as a being like having a friend who was encouraging them to keep going. Other people described it as an angel on their shoulder. So for example, one example of a text message would be um, providing feedback. So one example of a text message would be, well done, your oxygen levels are now normal, keep going. And that text message was specifically sent at the time when we knew their oxygen levels would be normal because we knew the date in which they said they would be quitting. Another example would be Perhaps on day four, when your cravings are very strong, a message that would say, um, day four, are your cravings still strong? Don't worry, tomorrow is going to be easier.
And the results, they seem clear. It seems that you've replicated the New Zealand study that you mentioned earlier and that you got a, a relative doubling, didn't you, in cessation among the arm of the trial that uh, received text messages. Is that correct? Yes. Ours has been the first trial to show that the text messages doubled by chemically verified quitting, and this is in the long term at six months, so that's a very good result. Looking at it the other way around, a, a doubling sounds good, obviously in relative terms, but in absolute terms we're talking about cessation comparisons between sort of 4% in the placebo group, around 9-10% in the intervention group, so there's still an awful lot of people there who aren't quitting. What you have to remember is that smoking is very, very addictive. So for any one attempt, many smokers don't manage. The results are very similar to the numbers of people who would succeed at six months or 12 months with, say, group counselling or face-to-face counselling. But what's encouraging about it is that the more times that a smoker tries to quit, the more likely they are to succeed in the end. So even if they didn't quit this time, they've still made a step towards quitting in the long term. So what next for the individuals in this trial? You've followed them up for six months. You've got got your clear result here that we've just discussed. Are they going to be continually followed up? Is this research program going to continue? Because obviously the risk is you do a trial like this, you have an intervention, the intervention stops, and then the effect of that intervention um, reverses. This particular trial was designed to end at six months, and we didn't seek permission from the people involved in the trial to follow them up beyond that. So we, we can't actually follow them up at any further. We do know from other studies the proportion of people who are likely to relapse at the end of a trial, say between six months and 12 months, and then between 12 months and for the rest of their lives. And what sort of assumptions would you make in in terms of figures? What proportions would you expect to relapse? For all smoking cessation interventions, about 21% will relapse again between 6 and 12 months, and then over a lifetime, another 30% will relapse. And I think this really shows just how addictive smoking is for people. But still, even with those kinds of figures, this intervention is very worthwhile because the effects of smoking are so harmful. These are interesting discussions. Is there an argument for some people actual cessation is just too difficult a target to achieve and actually you should be looking at a smoking reduction particularly for heavy smokers would that be a more realistic goal yes i think different things will suit different people and i think smoking reduction for some people would be the right option but where people can quit then that obviously is the much better option and finally dr free you've got a result here a doubling of relative risk though as we've just discussed from only 5% to 10%, so you still have 90% of the population who are not quitting smoking who potentially could. Is there an argument for having an additive approach, therefore you could have text messaging, counselling if you want to call it that, or text messaging help, combined with things like nicotine patches and other approaches? Could that have a, an additive effect on, on cessation? Yes, it's very clear that if you combine um, behavioural support with medication, you you quadruple your chances of quitting rather than just double them. So we would definitely advise that people use behavioural support and use medication as well. Excellent. Well, it's a very interesting study. I'm sure we're going to hear more about this topic in the future. Many thanks indeed to Dr Caroline Free. And we do urge listeners to look out for the accompanying comment piece alongside this research article by authors from the Clinical Trial Service Unit at the University of Oxford in the UK, which mentions the potential of this approach in less developed settings where mobile phones and therefore text messaging technology is playing an increasingly important role. Well, that's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.